Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I want to thank sponsors first, um, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, and Top Spinini and Upper Deck. Six listener questions, I believe is up to 8.0. This is the eighth uh, episode should be a little bit shorter because I'm trying to give a response to some of these guys. I got a couple responses about starting an LCS with Jordan Hagedorn. Enjoyed talking to him. The first comment was from Jula Hako, who's a Finn, lives in Finland. He said, we've only got two stores. That stores are important. I agree. And in the Fanatics narrative, people are thinking, well, gee, is Fanatics going to be LCS friendly? LCS definitely, to, to Jula Hako's point, Healthy LCSs are good for the hobby, and Fanatics knows that. They're going to be in the mix. It's just a question of emphasis. So if the LCS gets leftovers, that's not so good. If they have a seat at the table and uh, Fanatics and others are uh, giving them a shot at having a reasonable amount of product, that's healthy, whether that's in Finland. Next one was from Beansball Card Blog, mentioning Indie Card Exchange, which... Jordan had been mentioned, and uh, Jordan mentioned Andy there. Uh, I actually remember Indy Card Exchange in the previous regime, I think. And what's happening in a lot of the stores that are remaining do have this personal touch. My recollection is that the Indy Card Exchange was uh, started by some guys that were about my age and did it like we did it, which is just put the cards out and they sell themselves and it's a great place. But Jordan and Andy are, are coming up with uh, ways to make the store really a place to hang out and enjoy whether you're buying or not. The ambiance is really important. Next question about the uh, national aftermath, and it seems like ancient history now, but this is, again, Beansball card blog, really saying that cards ought to be priced. I agree philosophically, except it's the dealer's prerogative, and the problem is if you go to a show your cards, if they were priced, they could have been priced from the previous show. And if that was a month or more ago, you'd have to reprice or consider repricing each of So it's a lot more work if you have a lot of cards than you think. And as I found out, a good interchange with Ron and Rhett Palmer, they don't list some of their cards. Um, they have a lot of their cards priced, but when they have cards that aren't priced, it's a way to invite the passers-by into a dialogue. If they ask... Hey, how much is that? Then they can say, yeah. The one pet peeve I have when I'm in retail, whether it's at the mall or at a card show, that people will ask me the question, are you looking for anything in particular? Regular listeners of the podcast will know that it's pretty easy for me to say no. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's the end of the dialogue. It, they're, they're not inviting me in a dialogue. Are you looking for anything in particular? When my answer is no, they go, okay. So interesting response. Let's see. The uh, third question was responding to the Alan Rosen tribute. Uh, that actually has some legs because I think he gets Googled and people want to know. And my comment has been that he was a force in our industry for three decades. So I get one comment from Ron Gross, and you can see this on uh, the, the YouTube comments, but Alan Rosen was a jerk. And then the next comment is from Eric Carlson, who says he was quite the entertainer. I, I'm not saying Alan Rosen was a jerk, but I will say is that he knew some people thought he was a jerk, and he didn't necessarily think that was bad. He was memorable. Even if they did think he was a jerk, they sought him out frequently on some of these big deals. I had some great times with him, and then I had some tricky times. So again, a complicated guy, definitely worthy of a tribute. I don't have to agree with everything everybody did that's been on the podcast, but he helped build this industry. Doug Rourke, question four, commenting on the David Porter origin story. Another guy from Oklahoma, I guess, mentioning, and I remembered this, he said, actually, the Wayman Tisdale card, the Oklahoma basketball player, was the hottest single. And I remember that in 86, early 87. And then, of course, Julie Serving, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, they were good cards. 
Michael Jordan was down the line. And so you think, well, how can that be? If you look at the stats, you can see that in the 80s, Michael Jordan was a great player, a very great player. But then if you look back and you realize he never won any championships until the 90s. So in the late 80s, the 86, 87 Fleer, they, they were not something that people thought, oh, I got to get these and I've got to get this Jordan rookie. Again, the star cards were out there, but they weren't super hot. But the Wayman Tisdale, who uh, died prematurely, but was a kind of an offensive uh, force, a uh, good player. Okay, question five from Hunter Haas, sharing a story. He acquired in eBay an old price guide. And it actually had some markings in it. And I just want to say that's really cool. I actually have some like that too. I sent out books to contributors back in those days for free. And then they would write marginal notes. And some were very exhaustive and some were minimal. And then we'd give them the postage to send it back in. We'd give them some compensation. We had some great contributors over the years. I don't know if it was one of those kind of books, but he found a marked up book, which I think is a piece of history. It's not, you don't have to send it to me, Hunter, but I think that's pretty cool. And it was also signed by me. And that's probably not that rare of an item to find a price guide book that's signed by me. I signed a lot of copies back in the old days. But to have it marked up and to be authentically used, that's where used, I think, can be better than new. Okay, last question of this, of listener question 8.0 of the six. And this is from Jim Powers. Thanks, Jim. He's been collected for 35 years. Um, he wants to know, again, I will come back to this, but I just want to uh, get the dialogue going. Because again, if you write in, I'm going to take it seriously. But he's mentioning he'd like to have an episode about uh, how cards go on my wall of fame, what players, how do you pick the particular card of a player. And uh, I will say this, which might be disappointing to some people, but I don't really acquire cards to go on my wall. That's very rare. The Luca that's going to go on my wall is, is a base rookie that I got out of a pack or out of a well, something. So I, I didn't buy it specifically. I've gotten some cards from some of the companies that when I pull something, the best card, I'm getting it slapped. Some of those are going to go on there too. I'm trying to make it more of a labor of love than a, a labor of wallet. But I've had a lot of cards for a long time. I focus first, Jim, on the players. What celebrities, what individuals do I want? And then I don't necessarily pick the best card. I, I don't pick a worst card either, but I'll pick a card that I think is representative. In, in many cases, it's the rookie. In fact, a bunch of them are their rookie cards that are personally autographed, and I, I get a kick out of that. That's something that I also collect. Um, my holdup is I think this really needs to be treated with video, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to present this, and I'm evolving and how I can involve some of you eager listeners to, if I start with the A, with Hank Aaron, it's uh, right now I do not have Hank Aaron's rookie card on there, but I may in the next iteration, but that's not required, but I want to have an interesting card of each player. I want to have representation across the years. Even though 56 Tops was my favorite set, I don't want to have every great player that's on the wall be a 56 Tops card. I'm, I'm trying to sprinkle it around and maybe give some emphasis to cards that are a little bit off the beaten track, which has been my collecting interest over the years. So thanks, Jim Powers. Thanks, other uh, listeners. I enjoy doing this. I hope you're enjoying it. And I'd actually like to do more listener question ep episodes. Some of them are, you know, pulling six together, but some of them could be, as, as you've seen, sometimes I just... I'll contact the person and say, hey, let's just do a podcast together. So there'll be some of those coming out too. So thanks, everybody. Great hobby. Great. And uh, I'll be back again on Monday with another episode.